Welcome everybody back to our Why Not Now podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs about how they've been able to manage <laughs> these crazy times during the pandemic, their successes, their failures, and most of all, provide hope. I'm here with my favorite guy right here, Mr. Joe Salazar. Hi, Bryant. How, how you doing, bud? I've, I've been doing good. Just enjoying, enjoying a little bit of clear skies right now. We've had a lot of smoke, you know. Uh, but uh, wildfires going crazy. We have another one too. That's that's not good. Again, new glass fire happening. But yeah, really quick before we start the pod, shout out to all our first responders, all the firefighters right now. You know, doing their thing. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy. We're flying in like all these different firefighters from all over the country just to fight the ones that we have going on in, in the North Bay right now. So, uh, and bless those families. You know, keep them safe. You know, lives yeah. going up in flames. So never good, never my, good to see. But um, my cousin actually is a my cousin's a firefighter here in Alameda County, and um, actually at Perform for Life, we just set up. I think it's going to be on our website by tomorrow. A first responder complimentary uh, virtual classes right now for okay. first responders and medical professionals fighting COVID. So yeah, that's them too. Look out for that. We want to get, we want to help them out during the pandemic and give them, you know, three months of virtual classes on us. Perfect. Yeah. So go to the website, sign up, make it happen. All right. Well, you want to tell us a little more about our special guest today? Yeah. I do want to tell our listeners about our amazing, uh, beautiful special guest today. Um, we have uh, the founder and creator of Office Yoga, Miriam. Please pronounce your last name because I always butcher this. <laughs> Sharif Zadeh. <laughs> Sharif Zadeh. So please welcome to the pod, uh, Miriam Sharif Zadeh, who has a very similar name to our, uh, our other beautiful co-host, uh, Bryant Sharifi. So before we started recording, we connected the dots a little bit there. There's, there's the a Persian perfect. connection going on right now. There you go. Barikala, barikala. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, Baron, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for, so much for joining us. Um, we know each other because uh, we've talked before. I've had you on a podcast earlier before, kind of talking about uh, office yoga and what you guys do and the need that um, you really give to some of these businesses uh, who are kind of sitting down all day, you know, kind of not being able to stretch out a lot. But um, I want you just to have the opportunities to give a little background uh, about office yoga and what your guys' mission is. Yeah, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate being able to reconnect with you guys and, and hopefully give some inspiration to the people mm -hmm. listening. Uh, before the pandemic, Office Yoga was a service. You know, we were nationwide serving companies all over, you know, from the East Coast to West Coast, and we would do yoga and meditation programs. That was the gist of our work. And I had about 26 instructors, like I had, you know, mentioned before, uh, they were going on site and doing yoga or meditation, depending on what the client wanted. So we've had to pivot a little bit since the pandemic, since offices are now closed for the most part, uh, reopening in some states, but you know, this will be a slow transition back. But this pivot has been very interesting. What is office yoga without an office? <laughs> and have you been able to answer that question uh, during the pandemic? What kind of pivots have you made in your own business model? Well, it turns out yoga is still needed. <laughs> the <laughs> mm -hmm. yoga is still there. The essence of the service is very much needed. If not now, more, more so now than before. So that was a little bit of a relief. You know, the first two months, March, April, I was 
kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. I just switched my clients over to, you know, live stream for the time mm -hmm. being. Everything was very temporary. I didn't have any formal setup at that time, but, you know, just realizing that we we're going to be in this for the long term, longer and longer, I was able to create a little bit more of a structure online. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I've, I've made a big pivot just offering and the services too. what people are asking for is different. You know, so mm. we went from like annual contracts, multiple classes a week to, you know, we want to do a 10 minute stretch before a meeting mm. <laughs> or mm. we want this for our conference. So the, the requests are different as well, which is, it's been fun for me, but trying to figure out how to tailor, you know, what we offer to clients has always been fun. You know, it's the entrepreneur's gift, I should say. Mm. Mm. I feel like, um, you know, yoga is so accessible from home too. You don't need that much equipment. You know, it's something where, you know, you could do it any part of your house and it provides a lot of like uh, stress relief as well. And I feel like people need that more than ever right now, given what's happening and they're going through a lot of, you know, stuff mentally. Yeah. How do you feel about, do you feel like meditation is more important or in, in, in your offerings now than it was before or I think that the meditation and the physical aspect are just as important as they were before. I feel like people are getting like zoom fatigue. They're turning into zombies, you know? So, mm -hmm. so to ask them to come online, you know, and actually come back on zoom to do something that's relieving for them is, is even a tall order sometimes. So when I structure my classes, I'm really thinking about that. I actually don't have people look directly at me. I have them look away from the screen mm -hmm. and follow along or do things with their eyes closed or, yeah. Or try to listen so that they don't have so much direct contact with the screen. Um, so, you know, this is the portal that we have for now and it's actually working really well. I'm getting a lot of very positive feedback and, and more and more people are showing up, which is nice. Yeah. And they need it more than ever. And even mm -hmm. like doing something every, like every hour for five minutes, like taking a break mm -hmm. and not just sitting in the same position. Yeah. Yes. I think way. shorter, Shorter reminders are really helpful right now. I, I don't think that people are necessarily wanting to do a 90 minute class online. That's mm. not in high demand, but I think shorter pivots, uh, not shorter pivots, but shorter sessions, like yeah. 10 minutes or even something that's a 15 second video or a 60 second video that they could do is, has been really helpful. I've been getting good feedback on that. Microdosing throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's different. We're talking about something else. <laughs> um, have you noticed, like, so what's that structure like for you then, Mary? Is it like you have like, tw like 25 like Zooms a day where you're just going into like these different meetings for like 10 minutes at a time and just like pop in like, hey everybody, like, you know, take a break from your computer, listen to my voice, here's what we're doing now, or what's that look like? Yeah, I actually, at the very beginning, I did. I had, I think, almost 35 sessions a week I was Damn. teaching. It was, it was crazy. It was hard on my body and it was hard mm. mentally to really be there with people, especially yeah. one thing I realized so much is um, that I depended on the feel and the, the looks of the body. So I, I pick up so much information from seeing somebody do a pose. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that it, it was something that I felt in my skin and in my body. It was just sort of absorbed naturally, somehow just being in the environment. I don't know how to put language to that, but it was a feeling. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I really depended on that. And I didn't know until I started teaching online because I could still see them. You know, I'll, I'll jump online and the people that have their cameras on, I could see what they're doing and I could still give them alignment cues, but it was so much harder for me to really understand what they were going through because I couldn't quite be there with them. So that was an interesting uh, transition. And yeah, I was teaching a lot of classes and I realized that that wasn't going to work for me in the long term, which mm -hmm. means that I needed to change something. So I have been able to bring some of my old instructors back. So I do have a small mm -hmm. team now and I've mm -hmm. been able to also consolidate some of our clients as well and just offer, you know, offer them more sessions um, and just, and sort of consolidate them. So that's been helpful. I've mm -hmm. had these clients for five, six, seven years, some of them. So it's been nice to be able to go through this together. Definitely. And I want to know more about the birth of office yoga. Like how did it all start? And then where is it going to go? What's the future look like? future goals and outlook. And I feel like people are gonna value, value this service more than ever in the near future, you know, with what's happening now with our, us all working from our home. But tell us how it all started. Well, it all started, I had one client in San Francisco. I was working at UC Berkeley at the time teaching a wellness program for faculty and staff on campus. So some, you know, some similar roots there in that work. And I had one client yeah. uh, that I taught in San Francisco. And I was in the middle of a training, an instructor training, and I kind of thought at that time, I was like, oh, it'd be so nice if there was like a, a hub for, you know, clients to have yoga on site, because there wasn't at that time. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, occupied with my job at Cal, and uh, eventually that ended, and then I was able to just keep working with that one client that I had. I doubled their sessions, uh, and then I went up and down the building just to see if anyone else was interested, and it was, you know, people really started to pick up at it, so... Uh, that was just a natural growth. You know, I was, I was soliciting, I was going into offices with my business cards and I was just straight up soliciting. Right. And I, I didn't yeah. think about it that way, but at one point someone called security on me for like going into the offices and I got <laughs> escorted out of the building, which what? is so embarrassing. I know this woman really needed yoga, oh, but yeah. <laughs> the story is still like, I will never forget when I was like, Oh, I didn't realize like, I guess I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I'm, I'm like trying, trying to sell you yoga. I'm just trying yeah, to sell you good vibes, guys. I, like, come, yeah, come on. Just, just thought maybe you'd want to join. I don't know. <laughs> I hey, I feel like that's a, you know, that's an important message though. The takeaway is uh, guerrilla marketing. And right now, you know, um, I feel like this is the best time to do that, especially if you're, you know, a, a new entrepreneur or you're struggling, like all, a lot of us are in small business. You gotta get back to your roots, you know, like yeah. just doing the, the business cards, calling mm -hmm. all the clients. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we printed out 500 little sheets, like eight by 11, um, talking about how we do home gym renovations and home gym uh, creations for people, equipment procurement, you name it. And we just went around our neighborhood and just put them around the mailboxes and our mm -hmm. doorsteps. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, we got like three clients from it. You just got to go out and do those little things right now. Just like the way yeah. you started. The way we all started is the way we kind of have to restart. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm rebuilding my business. You know, it's mm -hmm. like from scratch, really. And it takes humility, I think, to oh be able to step away from what you had and go back to the roots and recreate something. You know, I think about that a lot. It's like, man, the, the grunt work that I'm doing again, you know, and I mm -hmm. thought I had built the business to a point where I can sort of kick my feet up or at least develop something different. It's like, oh man, I'm back to the basics. 
Yeah, but that's yeah. boring. Once you figure it out, you want excitement, right? <laughs> you don't want things to be too easy. Jeez. But I think your story, I think that your story is like super unique and super important for like our listeners right now, because I think, because uh, you were originally kind of like idealing something completely like different for yourself. You were thinking about working in professional sports. Like I think you said before we started recording this, you were at the time thinking about sport, going to school at UCSF, getting a sports management master's, but then realizing your love for yoga and turning that into a profession. What was that kind of like transition like for you going into that different field? Well, I, when I was at USF, I was doing a lot of different internships. You know, I was at Stanford working with Stanford basketball. I was with Cal working in their athletic department. And, you know, I think I told you it was, it ended up being a glorified office job because I was an athlete growing up and I was an athlete in college and, you know, I just wanted to be able to be in that environment again, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that I was just going to be sitting and, you know, kind of pushing papers and doing all that stuff. So I, (laughs) I ended up, I I was an intrapreneur when I was at Cal and I created a program at Cal for, I helped create a program at Cal for the faculty and staff on campus. And so that entrepreneur spirit was there within the boundaries of, you know, UC Berkeley. And I think that, you know, eventually my time at Berkeley was over I just kept that spirit and and slowly created office yoga. I never intended it for, to be as big as it was mm-hmm. or as big as it is, I should still mm-hmm. say. And how did yoga start for you? Like your journey with yoga from being a, an athlete through college and then when did you pick up yoga for the first time? Oh man, I I picked up yoga in college. It was like a Pilates yoga blend class. And I actually didn't like yoga. It was so slow and boring. You know, I was 22. I just <laughs> wanted to be fit. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. in my bikini. And, yeah. and uh, yoga was slow. But I, I fell in love with it more when I moved to San Francisco. It's very, our practice here is very sophisticated. And we have a lot of great teachers. So I was just going, you know, with friends from time to time. And I think that it slowly, it just started to pull me in more. I liked the creativity of it, you know, teaching it. It's like there's in Pilates and cycle, which I also taught, there's just a set structure, you know, and you Mm -hmm. do things within that set structure. And eventually it just gets boring. You know, after seven, Mm -hmm. eight years of teaching that, you're like, okay, time to move on. And yoga (laughs) gives you that variety. It's like, no matter, you just, you never stop learning. Mm -hmm. It allows you to be so creative, like, when I, uh, I think I've watched a couple of your videos, your tutorials, and you're using like office desks, you're using, you know, like the chair, like all these kind of office things around you to help you like manipulate your body and stretch. So in any, in ways, like, I feel like the pandemic, like the pandemic was right in your wheelhouse if you're going to try to be creative enough to still do this and be successful at it. Yeah. yeah I feel the- like, you know, I, no, go ahead. No, please. I feel like, uh, you know, what you said um, really stands out to me where you really picked it up in San Francisco. And I feel like that's a city where there's a lot going on. You know, um, people are working all the time, very high stress culture, finding something like yoga to ground you and keep you, you know, mentally strong and physically strong is really important. Having that balance, you know, provides a lot of balance. Remember you said before the episode started, you know, you really ground people and that's one of your superpowers is being resilient. And within that, it's, it's grounding, being grounded and then sharing that with others. So tell me more about that. Well, I think the resilience speaks for itself. You know, you don't really, 
I think I, I feel like I, it's hard for me to get really crushed for a long period of time. I was in the beginning of COVID, you know, it's like I had to mourn and I realized that I gave myself two weeks to mourn, you know, this business mm -hmm. that took me nine years to build. <laughs> and I slowly wow. realized like, okay, that's not coming back, you know, and I'm going to have to create something else. So I gave myself time to really process the loss of, you know, what I built. And I think in that the resilience is the ability to keep going. And I just, I have this very grounded, calm demeanor, you know, I'm very much like rooted, I think, and practical. Uh, that's the other piece of this. If you want to talk about the future of office yoga, I can really <laughs> tell you how, how grounded and practical I, my approaches are to this. But, you know, I think the superpower is just being able to keep going. And that is the spirit of an entrepreneur. You have to keep creating and keep going. I think I'm realizing that we'll never really get to kick our feet up. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think we all real. I think we all realize that. Uh, Had you told yeah. me in the beginning, I would have thought otherwise. <laughs> but yeah. it's too late to go back. So. <laughs> here we are. So what would your what would your what would your best piece of advice be to um, kind of a new entrepreneur, someone wanting to start their own business? Because right now people have reflected a lot. I feel like on what they're passionate about, and they want to be their own. Um, they're on boss or they want to create something for people that is in need. There's going to be so many new things coming. I feel like the next couple of years. So what, what was your, what would your uh, piece of advice be to them? My piece of advice for new entrepreneurs is to make sure that whatever it is that you're creating and wanting to offer, whether it's a product or a service to wholeheartedly stand behind that. Because there are times that are going to be really tough, you know, and a lot of the small businesses now are feeling it because of COVID restaurants, bars, um, there are going to be times that are really, really tough for you. And you have to be able to think back, why am I doing this? And then you remember mm. that it's something that's that you truly feel like the world needs. I feel like entrepreneurs wow. are best when they they're looking at the market and they realize that something is missing and then they bridge the gap. You know, that's yep. what I realized for office yoga is like, there isn't a main hub. Like it was, there's no structure to yoga in the office and it's not studio, like studio yoga is way different than what you do in the office. Like, mm -hmm. they, it's like apples and oranges. And so realizing that there's a need in the industry and a gap that you step up to create that. Um, but you have to wholeheartedly stand behind it. I think that that is, is going to be a big piece and it has to be more of a value than just financial. You know, I think if you're just going into starting a business for money, you're going to have a really hard time, you know, because I, I just don't think that that's a good reason to start a business. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a perfect answer. I mean, you have to be passionate about it and you have to bridge the gap between what people, what the world is missing. And that's going to help you stay with it during the tough times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great piece of advice. Maybe the, the most timely advice right now, given yeah. what's going on. And there's a lot changing right now. There's so much need. There's so much need in, in the world, you know, globally, we're all going through this, but especially in the US where we're kind of uh, <laughs> taking our time pulling <laughs> together. Uh, there's a lot of need in the world. So I think figuring out what those gaps are, listen, you know, talk to people, hear what they're needing and what they're wanting and see if there's a way that your passion and your skill set, which you, you realize through yoga and meditation, you realize what your strengths are. And we call this dharma or your purpose. Mm -hmm. You realize what your strengths are and your gifts and talents, and you use that to provide something. Yeah, it's hard to be present right now. And I feel like your service is providing that for people where 
they could stay grounded, they could stay focused because your, our minds are going everywhere. Things are changing mm-hmm. every day and it's hard. It's like easy to want to look, to look at the past it's really easy to want to look ahead, but you got to stay here right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what, what can we look forward to with Office Yoga in the future? Like, what are some things that um, are, are in the works? Mm. Um, but <laughs> if you want to give away anything right now, give away Yeah, anything. I do. Secret. I do. I'm really, I'm excited about this. And if you want some real talk, I will, this is some real talk. <laughs> so when I, when I started Office Yoga, like I said, I had no intention of it being a nationwide business. I think because because of my passion, was, which was helpful in my domain, I have a great domain, officeyoga.com, I was easily accessible and I, you know, I just, I think people felt my passion for it. Mm-hmm. I was constantly creating and, and creating new things. But um, to get to my point, I ended up having a lot of inquiries from people in other states, companies in other states and all around the country and even in different parts of the world. And I eventually ended up creating a teacher training program to help teachers start working for for offices as well. But everything was all under my umbrella, right? Everything was all under office yoga. I contracted all of my instructors and that's a great model, but I don't love it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not great for me. Like I love what I do, but I didn't love the way I was doing it. I, I strongly feel that Office Yoga in the future, this is what I'm working towards, is creating an institute. So I will mm. just provide instructors all of the content, all of the information so that they can create their own variation of their business. Or if they want to work for Office Yoga, they can do that too. But I think giving them full ownership and autonomy will allow them to be more creative and it will expand the what office yoga can be right because if i'm just a sole creator and then i'm training instructors everyone's just learning what i know and and it's limited to my own mind but if i just teach them the tools i give them full reign this is exactly what i did for these past nine ten years you go ahead and make it your own then that starts to create um it stimulates creation you know because like what if you're a nutritionist or you have an ayurvedic background or you also have, you know, um, a psycho, your psychoanalysis background, you know, whatever it is, like you can include that in your teachings. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the cookie cutter template that I created, which I could never do a cookie cutter template. So that was, <laughs> that was hard for me. It would have been financially lucrative to do that, like a Bikram style, you know, all my business yeah. advisors were like, you know, do this and create a template and this is exactly what you do. But I, that was hard for me because it, it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's I was not like, true to your... It's not true to you and your values. And you know what, going back to your purpose, you're going to bring office yoga to everywhere now. Because if you create an institute where you can teach people, mm-hmm. now you can spread that, that love and awareness and that help for, for everybody all over. I feel like yeah. that's in line with you and who you are and your purpose. Going back to what yeah. you said. Like, yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about the Institute. I think that this will be a great way to get, you know, office yoga into small companies, mm. nonprofits everywhere. Like the expansion will be so much more if I can put the power and onus in the instructor's hands. So I just need them. <laughs> Anyone who's willing to listen. <laughs> well, you know what? True story. I, um, I really picked up I, my first job ever. I was, well, second job because I worked for my uh, dad's restaurant when I was 12, but my first job outside of that, I was uh, 15 and I worked for a Bikram hot yoga studio and I actually would deliver flyers to people's houses and I would clean up the place and I worked at the front desk and all that. And I picked up yoga from that. I get free yoga. So I like do it all the time. And I, I loved it. I fell in love with like 
you know, the, the adrenaline rush you get after you're done with the hot yoga. Yeah. And then from there I stopped, like when I got to college, didn't do it anymore. And then I actually picked it up again during the mm -hmm. pandemic, working from home, not being able to go to the gyms anymore. And with one of our instructors, and I've been doing it virtually with her and it really like helped me to stay focused and just feel so much better, you know, deal with stress. I actually signed up for a yoga instructor vinyasa course. It's all online and it's like self-paced, 200 hours. I haven't started yet. I just got it a week ago. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm really, I'm gonna do I'm some really vinyasa? I love me some yeah. vinyasa. I'm only doing it for myself. It's only for my own practice. I mean, maybe I'll teach it one day. But I'll teach you, Joe. How about that? Can I, I would love to. Absolutely. Bring it. We That's should all just get together, the three of us. I'll get a different, you know, uh, yoga credential, and then the three of us can combine some office vinyasa Bikram style new yoga stuff. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about that one right now, Joe. <laughs> We're supposed to be creative during the pandemic, Brian. That's as creative as I can be right now. That's true. That's true. Take your uh, well, ideas, yeah. think about them. Think, meditate on them, exactly. You know, we have lots of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miriam, have you I wanna... noticed, Miriam, like what's the, uh, what's the need that people are coming to you with? Like, are people more like, um, we want yoga, we want meditation, we want um, things like that. Like, does it, it doesn't matter like state to state, how it goes with that. That's a, that's an interesting question. So the requests I've been getting a lot of are a lot for posture and spine, mm -hmm. a lot for stress release. And I've had a lot of requests. I've been offering breath work. That's something that's new. I've been just suggesting it and people have been very receptive. There's been a lot of research. Just wait for it. I think breath work is going to be the next meditation. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Breathwork is the precursor to meditation, but meditation, you know, all of a sudden exploded in, you know, media and all of, you know, in our, um, what I'm looking for, just in the world, everyone, mm -hmm. everyone meditates now. And I think that breath work is, is the platform to get to meditation, to be mm -hmm. able to meditate appropriately. You need to have the pranayama. So mm -hmm. I've been working a lot more with our clients on pranayama breath work because that helps control the mind. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been an interesting one too, being able to teach that and seeing the benefits of, yeah. of breath work. Super important. Yeah, I was reading um, Jay Shetty's book right now, Think Like a Monk. Think Like a Monk. Yes, and, I love yeah, him. Love him. And it's such a good book. And I'm getting so much from it. And he was talking about um, when you first uh, went to his um, you know, monk retreat or wherever he was, um, the first thing that they teach people is how to breathe. And that the reason for it was because um, it's the first, right when you're born, it's the first thing that you have. And right before you die, it's the last thing that you have. So it's the only wow. thing that's, you know, bookended, which is why it's like so important. I don't know. That's a thing that I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that's right. It's important to breathe. Yeah. You, it is. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is the more I'm researching it, and this is more recent science from Stanford that there's a, there's a nerve that connects from the diaphragm to the brainstem. It's the mm. phrenic nerve. And so the way mm. that we breathe sends direct messages to the mind of how we're doing internally. It gives us a sense of our internal landscape. Mm -hmm. So if you're breathing really quickly and fast, it's telling your body, it's like, okay, pay attention. You know, something's going on. It's more of a stress state. You're in sympathetic mm. nervous system mm. versus breathing more calm and relaxed, slow, 
sends messages to the to the brain that hey we're okay things are safe you can relax you're in parasympathetic nervous system so just really interesting to understand the science behind it yeah yeah in my, in my world too from strength and conditioning you know for athletes there is um that's really important because if you're not breathing properly you're going to exhaust yourself faster you're going to mm-hmm. fatigue quicker um, you're not present, all of that, all of the above. So really performance settings as well, it's, it's really important. And even performance setting for executives, if they're speaking a lot, all that, mm-hmm. and they're not, they don't have good breathing patterns. And, yeah. um, you know, they're going to feel more stressed, more excited. And like mm-hmm. you're saying, more sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's techniques that you can use in real time that I do before big talks that will instantly kind of level you down if you're nervous. And I think that what the fun one that I really like for stress for executives is um, there's Kapalabhati. There's like fast breathing techniques that stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. So it increases the stress within your body. And then you use the breathing technique to override the stress. So it increases your threshold for stress, Mm. which is really cool. So you can just, you can hold on to more, you can take in more stress without losing it i guess is mm. <laughs> how everyone's yeah. but you can you can increase your stress threshold through pranayama that's awesome i'm trying, I'm trying to try that out yeah pranayama yeah. okay pranayama it's like it's way more complicated than like inhale four seconds hold four seconds exhale four seconds right because that's something i do sometimes that is a great technique. That is a calming breathing technique. So that okay. would calm you down. That would bring in, you know, a parasympathetic nervous system. There mm. are there are as many types of breath work as there are foods in the world, like different oh, okay. cuisines. So, you know, just depending on what's going on for you, I, you know, the way that I think about it is to use your breath work to always bring you back to a place of equilibrium, of homeostasis. So mm. you're balanced, grounded. You know, so if you're super high energy, anxious, nervous, because you're about to do a podcast or a talk, mm. you could do a calming breathing exercise to bring you back to homeostasis. If you're really tired, you didn't sleep well last night, or you stayed up too late, whatever, you know, you're just kind of more on the lethargic side, you could do an activating breath work to boost your energy. Mm. Nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we get out of here, Miriam, can you tell me about... Um, your swims what's going on with your swimming schedule these days it's all bright too because i don't think bright knows how how no. much you get after it oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i've been uh swimming right now i'm just i get to swim for fun all of my big swims are done for the season mm-hmm. um but i i recently did a figure eight around alcatraz and angel island i did that in what? tandem with another yeah with another A mentor of mine, I call her a mentor, but she's really a friend, but she kind of took me under her wings and taught me everything. Uh, So we did a figure eight around, yeah, Alcatraz and Angel Island. Never been done before, which was kind of cool. Wow. Is that your background? Were you a competitive swimmer? I played water polo in high school and college. uh, Mm -hmm. And I've just sort of gotten into swimming more, especially open water. It's just so nice to be in the bay, to be absorbed in nature, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the water. Um, it's very much a, my greatest teacher right now. That's really cool. That's like, that sounds scary. Like doing a yeah, it does. No, there. being in open yeah, water, swimming so in open water, that freaks me out. You have, it, you have so much bravery. I commend you so much. <laughs> I can't do that. I, yeah. My mind goes places. Like I can't, you know, anyway. Well, she can calm her mind and be <laughs> That's and true. That. And the swimming would help breathing. So, that so how do we find... Sense. How, how do we find you? Like for those listening, how do we hear more about you? What's your Instagram handle, your email? 
Um, how do we learn more about office yoga? My Instagram handle is officeyoga.com underscore Oyo. Oyo is just office yoga abbreviated. And I have a lot of small, you know, videos that you guys can look at and practice. We just did one today that helps you move your body. We did a shoulder strap one earlier this week that helps you sit up. Tall I saw that. I tried it. Back. I tried that. Yeah. One. That one's phenomenal. Super, yeah. Super easy, you know, just with a yoga strap. So I think mm -hmm. that our, off, our Instagram handle is going to be um, very informative. It'll give you a taste of what we do. And then everything that we offer is going to be on officeyoga.com. So all of our classes, we have a daily refresh class that's actually breathwork and pran it's pranayama and meditation. So breathwork and meditation that's held Monday through Fridays at 9.30 every day. Uh, so that's offered there on officeyoga.com. And you can see any of the other courses that we do. The institute will be on officeyoga.com as well. So instructors Amazing. can find the trainings there and additional I'm excited courses. about that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. about that. That's a yeah. perfect time to build that too. Yeah. Um, thank you so much uh, for your time. And this is a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Miriam. Namaste. I miss you. Let's get together Namaste. soon, please. I miss you too. All right. <laughs>